Abstract Athlete Podcast, a collision of art, sports, and science. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Want to say thank you to our amazing listeners and sponsors for your support. Any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. A reminder to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and follow us on all of our social media platforms for updates and news. Very excited about the podcast today as I chat with author, mental health advocate, and former NFL outside linebacker Marcus Smith II. Make sure to follow Marcus on Instagram at moneymarc91. Check out the gym he has at a3msports.com. And also make sure to go check out his new children's book, especially if you're a father. It's called Bath Time with Rye. Let's welcome Marcus Smith II. Hey. Oh. <laughs> oh. There we go. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing awesome, man. How are you doing? Man, I am doing good. I actually just sent you an email to make sure you're still good. So you're still good. I can tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was just, um, I couldn't remember if, uh, I, I was just making sure it was, I had to look at my email again, make sure it's one o'clock. Right. Yeah. I, I thought I, I missed it. Honestly, I was like, whoa, <laughs> it's 12 o'clock. Uh, but that was last week we met at 12 o'clock. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yep. I do the same damn thing, man. Cause I talk to people in all time zones and so, like, every time I write emails, I always have to put, like, all these different time... By the way, I'm recording, by the way. Uh, I, I, oh, no, it's all good. I put all these time zones, like, 1 o'clock Eastern to, you know, 12 o'clock Central. Like, and it's just... <laughs> I get confused. I'm, like, I'm looking, like, in my phone calendar. I'm, like, okay, wait a minute. Where am I? Who am I? How am I doing? So, yeah, <laughs> it's It's one of those things. But, dude... Thank you so much for doing this. Like it's, I, I'm so glad that we were introduced to each other. Um, just like looking like at all the stuff you're, you've done and what you're doing. Um, and like I said, last week when we, when we chatted, like, this is just like full on open conversation. Like I always like to say it's, it's your platform. Mm -hmm. And so like wherever it goes is like completely cool. Um, and uh, I just like a pleasure to talk to you because uh, I just, I think you're doing such, you know, like really cool things. I mean, first of all, like, again, like you played pro football, which, you know, like that's a, that's like cool as shit. Uh, but B like you just wrote a, um, a children's book within the last year. And so I want to dive into that. Cause like, we like, you know, the abstract athlete, we talk about like the benefits of creativity and, and physical activity for our mental health. Right. And right. like, again, like that's another thing that we can dive into because you're, you're such an advocate and so open about, you know, struggles that you've had with anxiety and stress. And I think what you're doing in that space is first of all, it's so important. Um, and it's just awesome. Like, I just think how, how you really, you know, going out and, and talking about all this stuff and being, being vulnerable about it. And, right. um, so I just think, you know, like I've talked a lot about this on this podcast with, with other guys in particular, it's like how important it is for guys in particular, like athletes to talk about those struggles because right. we all deal with them. But I think traditionally men are supposed to be strong and hold everything inside, man. And it's just like, that's right. bullshit. So like, I just, I want to just say thank you because I do think the fact that you're being so vocal about it is, is very important. So, but welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And awesome. Like I said, to meet you. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't be more happy to be on the platform. Honestly, uh, when, when I talk about stuff that I deal with and I talk about, stuff that I'm currently doing, it, it kind of, it helps me free myself because the more us men, the more we talk about 
things. It makes us feel a lot better. And we don't realize it. it's like, ah, yep. I got that out. But every time I talk about it, I just, I feel so much better. I had to do an interview yesterday and I was telling him the same thing. It was just like, man, like <clears throat> I, I see it as an honor to be able to come and speak and, and talk about those things because it's going to be somebody, maybe it's one person, maybe it's a kid, maybe it's somebody that will, that will listen to what we say and may go get the help that they need or may feel inclined to, you know what, I want to write a story or I want to write a book, you know? So that's why I do it. Is that, is that what, how the book came about for you? Yeah. So, um, 2019, I stepped away. Well, 2018, I stepped away from the game because of my mental health, um, dealing with anxiety, depression, family, just the overall stress of just playing the sport that I love. I had just signed a $2.7 million deal and I just wasn't happy. And it was, it was going, it was going like that for a while. Like I've been like that for a long time. And so I really, once I actually sat down and then, you know, COVID hit too. So like 2019, 2020-ish, um, you know, one of my business managers was like, hey man, you should, you should write. You should really, you know, do what you love to do. And so I just wrote about me and my my daughter and our bond that we have together in hoping that I would be able to inspire other fathers to create that special bonding time with their daughters. Because, you know, fathers, we're like, we're out. We're on the hustle and bustle. So it's like when you get home, hey, you take your time to give your daughter a bath and you spend that quality time with her because, you know, throughout the day, you don't get that same time. So that's the reason why I wrote it. Do you, I, I'm curious, like, uh, and I, I, this is a, this will be like a multiple, it's not even a question, but like, first of all, I, I think I might want to bring you to my class virtually as well. Like, and this is kind of where I was going with this is mm-hmm. I've started a class at Virginia Commonwealth where I teach called art and athletics. Now it's not just for student athletes. It's really truly for anybody. Like I have artists in the class. I have, right. you know, I've had nurses, blah, blah, blah. But it kind of comes from a place of, I was a student athlete and understand, you know, how difficult that is to be a student and an athlete, particularly. Man. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it's a bit like the, the thing is like that people don't understand it's a business and like, you don't like, student athletes, you wake up, like you have lifting, then you go have breakfast, then you have class, then you have study table, then you have practice, then you have another class, then you have, and you're done. Like, and every day is like that. Every day is the same. Like you don't have like that free time. And so in this class, what I'm trying to do is get students to like, understand that creativity is a great way to kind of bring everything down Mm -hmm. and wondering like, through your your process of writing like did you recognize like how like you know like we talk about in sports being in the zone you know and and I say I've said this multiple times on the podcast but in in like a creative practice you get into what is called the flow which is the same basic principle right. did you notice like when you were writing and doing this stuff did everything just disappeared and stuff yeah kind of I, I would say it's, it's similar. It's just like what you said. It's, um, you know, I feel like inclined to write another book because I just had a son, right? That's awesome. So, so the biggest thing for, for me, what I found out was that, you know, we're, we know that we're like creators outside of, of football, but we don't necessarily always know like what. And so what I found out was, was that, you tell the truth. You just tell what's going on with you or what's happening in your life at that point in time. And I just wrote what was going on. And I was like, well, this is my bonding time with Rye. I'm going to write a book about it. Right. And then I started to write and I started to go through the process of what that day looks like when I get home or what do I do on that, on that day. And and that's that's how I I, I kind of went about it. I definitely was in a flow. It wasn't it wasn't hard either. It was more so like me being like tough and critical on myself of thinking like what other people would think. But 
it's hard for us to get outside of what other people would think. You know what I mean? Yep. So I'm, I'm working. I'm still that working That just on means that you're today. an artist, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm right. serious. Like that self, that self-criticism that I, you know, like I'm a painter and that, you know, I'm always in my head thinking about, you know, oh, wait a minute, da, da, you know, and it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting right. because it, it plays, there's a relationship between that and sports. I mean, like we're always, even right. though like coaches are ride us all the time, like we're still self-critical probably harder than anybody else. Right. It's just part of the deal. No. And I I think that's, that's actually really, really cool to hear that you're thinking of writing another book because I, you know, well, actually in the process, I'm in the process right now. That's even better. That's awesome, (laughs) man. That's awesome. Um, you know, one of the things that I, um, like thinking of your, your football stuff. And one of the things you mentioned last week is, and one of the things that I read was how, how really great the Seahawks were with, um, with, with you, like in through that process of yeah. like, really, uh, you know, like going to them and saying, I'm having difficulties. And I think you said the first person to reach out to you was, was Russell Wilson. And one of the things I read, the first text I got. Yeah. And, and I think that speaks volumes to him as a person and then like reading how your relationship with Pete Carroll and how great he was. I mean, do you want to talk at all about like, because that, that has to mean a lot to you. Um, you know, when you're going through those things personally to have that kind of support um, from, you know, people that like, you know, Pete Carroll's right. one of the great coaches around. Obviously Russell's one of the great quarterbacks and like to have that support had to just be like, so important man it it was it was very important because at the time I didn't realize that I had the support right in my backyard so I was still holding all my emotions in all the stuff that I had you know that I was dealing with prior um and it just travels you know as an adult if you don't address these certain issues when you're a young person it's just going to travel with you as an adult and you kind of have these adult situations that happen, but you realize like, I hope I've been dealing with this. And so the reason I went to Seattle, I had a choice because when I left the Eagles, I had a choice to go to green Bay, Kansas city. Of course, you know, Pat Mahomes was, <laughs> you know, he was still, you know, he was still, he was still a pup then, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't actually playing then, you know, but, uh, or playing like right away. But um, I had a choice and my D line coach in college was in Seattle. Okay. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to go reunite with him and kind of get back on the right track. Cause I had got released from Philly um, and I was just going through a lot. And once I got to the Seahawks, I contemplated quitting that year too. Um, but somehow I stomached the muscle to go throughout the year. And I was like miserable going throughout the year. I remember when I came home, I was like, I literally did nothing when I got home on the bye week. Like you're supposed to train and you're supposed to do stuff. But my, I was so mentally drained just from my thoughts and, and me not being able to control them that I just sat down the whole, like the whole bye week. So that, that following year, I literally went through the same things. Um, I had no appetite to eat. I couldn't, I, I couldn't drink anything. If I did, I would throw it up and I didn't have any, anything on me to practice. So when I would practice, it would seem like that I would be loafing. They call it loafing. Yeah. Loafing is pretty much like, you know, oh, I know. Yeah. lagging, right? Yep. Yeah. So I was still doing okay, but I wasn't at at my best. And I knew that. And that's what really bothered me a lot. And so I was contemplating. I got up one morning. I was dealing with the same stuff. Got up one morning. I had an anxiety attack in my sleep, which I still have anxiety attacks in my sleep now. It's just, it's at a minimum. And um, I contemplated suicide. You know, I was ready to let it go just because I was just tired of dealing with the same stuff. And I didn't know that there was an outlet. Right. And I got to the point where, you know what? You know, I got to tell somebody because I can't believe I actually tried to do that. And so when I went in and I told them, um, it was. 
it was like the the best response that I could ever get because that's not what I was thinking. I'm thinking they're gonna be like, "Oh, you a, you know, was yeah." I mean, right? Yeah. Yep. Like, what are you doing? Like, come on, you got to be in in the game mentally. Like, you know, you got to be mentally tough. But Pete Carroll and my coach come in and they say, "Man, look, we're gonna be behind you." That's the first thing they say. They say, "Look, we're gonna be behind you." And we're going to do whatever it takes to get you the help that you need. Um, they put me with a therapist, amazing therapist in Seattle. Her name is Priscilla. And um, I was able to really find out who the real Marcus Smith was through therapy. And that really helped me out a lot. And although they they released me, they had to release me because, you know, business wise, they had money tied up. Right. So they released me and I still have a relationship with them. And that same year, I was able to sign with another team. I wasn't, you know, uh, obligated to the contract with them. But just how they treated me throughout the process, I couldn't have asked to be in a better place because I don't know if I would have got the same treatment in other teams. And that's why I always say Pete Carroll, my coach, Clinton Hurt, they they are – you don't find coaches like that. And it was just meant for me to be in that spot at that time. Yeah. Now, I mean, and that's I, the one thing that you said that it, that really rang a bell with me as I found out who Marcus Smith was, you know, and I think that's one of those things that athletes deal with is okay. that we are defined I mean, I, mine was too much lower extent. I mean, I could have been drafted to play baseball, but I went to college. Right. But I mean, but we're the same though. Yeah. It's, I, I was defined as, as this thing. And then when that thing ended, like I had no idea who I was like, no, like, and like I struggled for a long time. Like, you know, I'd, I'd quit school and because I quit school, I couldn't play baseball because there's that there's that weird rule with baseball. If you go to college, it's like football. You have to be there. You have to be in college for three years. Right. So then it was just done. And then I, like, I just, I, you know, I was just doing stupid jobs. I had no idea who I was. And so that, that thing where you just said, like, I, I really realized who I was like, that had to be just, first of all, freeing. Um, and just, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know even a better word to say, but it's like right. to understand that at, at a young age and to like really kind of like step back. Cause I'm, I'm sure like you were always looked at as like Marcus Smith is a football player, you know, like probably from yeah. a really young age. And then like you were, you know, you were a badass at Louisville, like you were what defensive player of the year, your senior year. So like you, you know, yeah. your first round draft pick, like, da da, you know, it's like all these things keep piling up and, and then you, then you're expect, you know, like you have that expectation on you and yep. it's, it's always, it's just, it's kind of crazy. And then now, like what I think is so again, like what's so cool to me is like, you know, you have a book out, you're in the process of writing a second. And to me, like, you know, we just met last week, but man, you seem happy as shit. <laughs> like you do, no, like you have like this great, like energy and personality. And it's like, I fucking love this guy. Like he's awesome. <laughs> You know, I mean, you do. I appreciate it. You know, it's so funny. Uh, one of my teammates, um, Brandon Brooks, he uh, he's he's an officer guard for uh, the Seattle. I mean, not Seattle Seahawks, Philadelphia Eagles. He's like he's a Pro Bowl guard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. And and people wouldn't like he's been through. You know, I won't go into detail, but he's been through some things. Like even before the games, like going through anxiety right and it was so funny because he hit me up uh and he was like well man you know i'm i'm so proud of you because you know it just looked like you know everything is going well for you look like you know you're happy but what i always say is that man i found i found my purpose and part of my purpose is to do what i'm doing now right and I'm not happy all the time. You know, I still have my moments, you know, just just like everybody else. (laughs) Right. Even, you know, right now I own a gym. Right. And it's just, you know, learning how to, you know, process that and do those things with everything else. It could be, you know, stressful at sometimes, but I always take the opportunity 
to have these conversations because like I said, it makes me happy and it frees me every, every single time. And to go back to what you said, when you was talking about, man, I found out who the real Marcus Smith was. Like I literally had to, to find out like, okay, who am I when I take this helmet off? Like, who am I? Right. Cause I've had a helmet on since I was five. I played football every fall since I was five. I've never done anything else. It's always been my life. And so when I took that step away, it allowed me to really find, okay, I might not know my purpose right now, but I'm starting to figure out who I am as a person and, you know, what I like to do. But some guys, they're in it. And then when it's time, sometimes it might end before they want to, right? Most of the and, time. <laughs> I mean, right, right. So it's like it ends before you you want and you don't really one have a plan or really know who you are outside of, you know, football because you might have been getting gigs, you might have been, you know, doing this, doing that, but will you be able to do the same stuff, you know, when you take your helmet off? And that's the questions that I had to answer within myself. No, I like you, you hit so many things that I think it's systemic, the problem. Um, and I think it's with so many athletes and, and maybe even, you know, like other parts of society that just, who do we define? Like we can't be defined as just one person or one right. thing that we see that we are like, I had a former, and I won't mention names, but former basketball player at VCU that I, that I, I taught and he's still, he's playing pro basketball overseas, but he wanted to be creative and the coach at the time. And again, I won't mention the coach basically <laughs> told him that he could not take art classes because it would take away from his basketball. And to me, it's like, you're failing that kid, you know? And I know that that's yeah. not, that's, and I, at, at the same time, I get it. Like, I understand, like, as coaches, that's their job. They're the like, contingent on winning and, blah, you know, I don't, I don't understand it necessarily. But, right. but you're, you're like, if he plays for another 10 years, you know, he's still four, not even 40 years old. And like, what is he going to yep. do the rest of his life? I mean, right. it's just, it's, it's a weird thing like system that we have set up and that's again yeah. why why i started this class which i mean it kind of mirrors what we do as a business but it mm -hmm. it shows students and student athletes that like you mentioned earlier like we're all creative in some way i i i say to them i don't care what it is you do in this class if you want to write poetry if you want to dance you want to paint let let's you and i figure out what you want to do because if you like it you're going to want to go do it all the time. And that, right. and, and creativity promotes, you know, critical thinking. It promotes having that ability to have a conversation with people. So it's just, it's just interesting to me. Like you're like, you're hitting on so many things that I think about quite a lot in, in regards to how society kind of puts us in boxes. Yeah. Especially athletes too. Yeah, absolutely. Did and you every did, every race, color, every like all of us yep. like literally yep. go through it. Do you, did you play other sports growing up, or was it like predominantly football? And then you were uh, so <laughs> I did. I mean, I played pretty much. I played football, basketball, soccer, I swam. Nice. And I did baseball too. For I stopped. So my my father, he was. He worked 12 hours. Uh, we were a middle-class family. Like, we did pretty well. Um, but considering where I live, I lived in Columbus, Georgia, country town. But he had came in the room one day and told me that I had to choose two sports because he couldn't take me to everything. Right. Right, because he, he had to go work. So um, I chose football and basketball over baseball, so I had to stop playing baseball so <laughs> i wish i would have kept playing because i would have definitely probably been a pitcher and 
you know, I played quarterback my whole life until I got to college. But anyway, uh, yeah. And when, so basketball, so I never, I was always doing something. Yeah. Uh, sports has always been a part of my life. So when football season, football season is from August to November. November hits, I'm, I'm on the court. And I'm on the court from literally November to August because yep. I'm going to play with my rec league and then I'm going to play AAU. So I was always gone and, and, and playing. And I think that that's what gave me my sense of sense of peace at the time. Right. And so when you're playing your sport and your sense of peace starts to get bombarded with with all the business and the fans and people don't like you and you're not playing well and you're getting injured. It's just like, well, how do I find my peace? So that's, that's what, that's why I'm glad I stepped away because I was able to find that. And um, it's crazy. Cause when Russell, I was surprised. Well, I wasn't surprised cause we actually had went to the movies with Russell uh, probably like, that OTAs before. And it was so funny because he just showed up at the movie theater and I'm like, <laughs> Russ, you know, you can't just be, you know, they gonna know who, like, as soon as he walked in, he was like, oh my God, it's Russell Wilson. <laughs> and he walks, let me tell you a funny story. He walks around, it's a long line waiting for popcorn. He walks around the line and he said, hey, can I, can I get uh, four popcorns and some candy? Like, hey, Mark, what you want? I'm like, yeah. Um, <laughs> I want some skittles. And he gets everything for us, and we go straight into the movie. I was like, yo, this is crazy. Yep. That's hysterical. He's, you know, I like I told you the other week, he's from Richmond where I'm at. So I know, like, a lot of actually people that know him and were actually teachers of him just, you know, speak so highly Amazing of him. Guy, um, do you... Like who, you know, like we talked about like a lot of kind of important people in your life. Like who, mm -hmm. like who are some, I always like to ask this question um, because I think just it, it becomes interesting answers of sorts, I guess. But who are like some like inspirations for you? It, it doesn't have to be mentors necessarily, but people that maybe you looked up to um, or continue to look up to in, in that respect. Uh, the one person that when I was really going through my tough time, um, Kobe was the one person that, it was Kobe and my wife, she was my girlfriend at the time. And um, I used to watch Kobe's Muse all the time. And that's what really kind of helped me get through because he was going through injury, he was, he was just, his mentality was just on a whole nother level. And I was trying to get my mentality like that. I was trying to, you know, be where my feet are and really, I, if Kobe could do it, you know what, I could do it. That's why it was, I like cried for five days straight when he passed away. And um, that was somebody that I really, really looked up to. I never got to meet him. Um, but then my my girlfriend at the time, wife now, um, she brought so much clarity in my life um, when when she came because she was she was very blunt and she was very um, she knew what I needed. Not even really. I didn't know that she knew what I needed, but she would always tell me, you know, that I was great. that I was more than a conqueror, that I can do anything that I put my mind to. Um, you're not just a dumb job, you know, you have a, you have a degree, you have, you know, all these things, but in my mind, I wasn't confident in myself because I was always told you just a, you know, you're just a football player. Yep. Right. And um, those are the two people that, that really, that I really look up to. And, and still now we, me and my wife, we, we have conversations and we, we talk and she still gives me clarity and understanding. And so I try to do the same with her too as well. She she really she's a nurse, by the way. And well, tell so, her thank you for my my sister's a nurse and the stuff that they've been going through the last two years. Oh. So say thank you to her from me because I just 
I can't imagine. I, I hate wearing a mask in class for an hour, and I just like they're constant, and it's just like, and it's just, it's, it's a lot. It is, and and like that's that that goes you know like to the mental health of the of the first responders like right now because it's just it's got to be draining for them. Right. Wanted to take a real quick break. Make sure to follow Marcus on Instagram at moneymarc91. Check out his gym at a3msports.com. And again, make sure to go check out his new children's book. It is titled Bath Time with Rye. Now, back to Marcus. Now, I, you know, like, it's interesting, the, the Kobe the Kobe thing, because I, first of all, I want to actually maybe introduce you to, um, a friend of mine or becoming a friend of mine. That's the head photographer of the NBA that actually did a book with Kobe before. And he's, he's the head photographer of the Lakers and the the Clippers, just a Mm -hmm. super nice guy. He's got a podcast as well. Um, and he wrote a book with Kobe, um, before he passed. Um, and he, he pledges like the, you know, the, the Mamba mentality, and, and, you know, everything that Kobe stood for the thing that was, and I agree like that when I literally gasped, when I heard that he had died, the saddest part to me, and I think this, this is the same for LeBron is that I think Kobe was going or was on his way. And, and maybe he already did to doing more off the court than he did on the Man. court, you know? Yep. Um, like I think yep. what he was going to do for women's sports uh, with, you know, particularly, uh, basketball, like with his daughter and like promoting the WNBA. And I just, to lose that kind of, um, presence was, was jarring, I guess, for lack of a better way yeah. to say it, but it, his, yeah, his just attitude towards life. Uh, I also just, it, it was refreshing because he, he was always so optimistic. And I think that, yeah. um, it's just nice to have, people like that in the world so it was just it was it was just but i think yeah i'll definitely um i'd love to introduce you to to uh his name's andrew bernstein um just a super great guy and like you know like his his relationship love love to me relationship with with kobe was was pretty tight and he still is in in um contact with his you know his widow um just in regards to different things and you and so many of the pictures you see of Kobe were his. Well, yeah, they're owned by the NBA, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it's, it. But yeah, it's um, like in in my book yeah. at the end, I talk about Kobe and how it was he was an inspiration through the book too because he made it. You know, regardless of who we were looking at before, he made it cool to be a girl dad. Like he mm-hmm. made it cool, you know. And I'm just like, man, I had a daughter. Like me and my daughter's relationship is is great. And he really like he embraced having four girls. Yep. And I was really that that really like won me over. Like I'm like, this dude is like everything I could, you know, want to be. And I and I've watched so many videos on him and just like he would make a contract with himself, like when he would, <laughs> you know, go train, right? And yep. he's like any doubt that came in he's like nope i'm not and and like the mama mentality we i think we all like even though he's not here like we all are like trying to embrace that in some some form or fashion absolutely i no i absolutely i think I, it's inspiring you know right. like to try to live up to what he tried to live up to and it's not like that we're ever going to get to that level, but it's, it, mm-hmm. it's that, I mean, it's just like sports. You, like every time you practice, you get better. Every time, like you're a creative person, every time you do something creative, you get better at it. And it's right. that one, that one of perfection, which is never attainable, but it's just to, to keep doing that. And like, again, like optimism and, you know, like it's one of those things now I, I think about this every once in a while, cause he died like, you know, right before COVID. Right. And, and I think 
I would like to have him in the world during this time because again of his optimism. You know what I'm saying? Like I, yeah. just just to have somebody that because it just feels like the last two years have just been so uh, and I'm like an optimistic person and it's draining. It's just, it's, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like, because people also know that I'm optimistic and they're always coming to me and like with their problems. And right. it's like, I'm struggling too. It's cool. But, um, it, it but I don't know, like it's it just, it is like, he's one of those, again, I didn't meet him obviously, but mm-hmm. one of those people when, and I don't get usually, uh, sentimental about people that I don't know that die, but right. his was one that str- that struck me. And I'm also a Laker fan, so it, like it hit me a, right. in a different way too. Um, <laughs> yeah, because Magic Johnson was like my dude growing up. Like he was just like oh, and Magic. Oh man, back in the day, wow. Yeah. What what like what do you like? What do you see like the next ten years happening? Like obviously, like again, you're writing in the process of writing another book, like, do you see that becoming a series of sorts? Like in my head, like I see, I see multiple books happening here. Yeah. I, um, well, I plan on for my daughter, uh, to write a series with her. So, you know, her first book was bath time with Ra and she does a lot of different things and like the community, that we live in, like the family community, like my grand, I mean, my mother-in-law lives right down the street. So it might be an adventure at her grandmother's house. It might be an adventure at the playground. It might be an adventure with her brother or her seeing her brother. Like when she, we had an at-home birth with her brother and she was asleep, but she woke up to a new brother. (laughs) That's awesome. So that's that's something I want to definitely write about. And, And also Ezra, his name means helper. And so I want to write a series of books on him too, as well. And right now I am working on a mental health show with HBCU TV. Um, We'll probably start shooting. I think at the end, uh, we just had a meeting today. We shooting at the end of this month. So um, that'll be more so on mental health and really just talking to athletes about that. Really just, giving them that safe place more than one because it's 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 more than one safe space you can have um but just actually putting it out there with mental health so i think you know in 10 years i really just see myself um being an author um life coach and speaking and really uh you know talking to the youth talking to you know people younger than me uh, through, through my experience to kind of like help them, help them along, man. I, I really want to be, that's where I want to be. I feel like that gives me the most fulfillment. Like when I'm helping someone, you know, find out, you know, who they are. And I literally, I went to Chicago and I was talking at a tennis tournament and I was talking to these high school kids and I didn't know I was going to be speaking. My business manager, he was kind of just off the cuff. <laughs> nice. And I just I just started speaking. I just started talking to them, just talking about what school looks like, you know, how I dealt with it, the woes of like being a collegiate athlete, like we talked about. And man, this one kid was at the bottom and he was just staring at me the whole time. And just you could see it on his face, like some of the stuff that I had said I was dealing with, he deals with every day. And man, afterwards, man, I had probably an hour, hour and a half conversation with him. And we still talk today, you know, just checking up on him. Just, you know, I don't, I just, you know, just try to be there. And that's what I get fulfillment from. Like, yo, like, I didn't know that, but hey, you came to me and I, I was, I was able to say enough for you to say, yo, I need, I need to talk to this guy because he knows exactly what I'm dealing with. No, and that that's kind of where I was going with that question is is the speaking engagement stuff and do you like ha- have you talked to any like rookie symposiums have you gone back to Louisville to talk because I think you know going like what I was saying earlier is like you have such a great personality and I mean you know again like we've only talked a couple of times but it it comes through and I think that you 
I can see that you would affect people like, you know, and so, and it's also, it goes back to this. Have you ever thought about being a teacher or have you ever thought about coaching? Because I mean, it's that same kind of what I'm getting at is I think you're like a great mentor for youth. Right. Um, and is that something that uh, maybe not tomorrow, but is something that you've thought about maybe doing down the road? Yeah. See, um, so coaching, that's why I kind of like the title. I'm working on getting my certification now uh, to become a life coach because that's like the quickest thing that I could do outside of, you know, a therapist background. Um, But I do I do see myself speaking and and being a mentor, teacher slash uh, um, coach, just because. Um, I do feel if it's not, you know, one person, I feel like I can affect, I can, I feel like I can affect more people. Um, just given the opportunity, I would, I would do so. And I'm, and we're kind of working on that now, just trying to get me out a little bit more to kind of talk about my experience and, and just, you know, talk to more people. And I also, you said something about Louisville, um, before the season, um, I was supposed to talk to the football team uh, in camp, but my flight kept getting delayed. So we had to, you know, we got to postpone. So we really, I've been kind of busy, you know, doing stuff, trying to get my gym in the way that I want it to be before I kind of like just, you know, do, do what I said I was going to do. But yeah, I was looking forward to, to speaking with them. But that day is like my flight just wouldn't come yeah. for whatever reason. <laughs> right. I'm just like, well, I guess I guess I'm not going to be able to talk to Louisville. You know, they had to because uh, I was going to be talking that day. So it would have been a lot for them to, you know, reschedule. And they had other people lined up and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I just it, do, like this is a weird question because I, again, think back to when I was playing in college did they they did they have anything set up in in terms of mental health when you were when you were there at at louisville because i i think it's becoming more prevalent now um but i like i i know we had literally nothing and i i tell i've told this story before like i ruined a guy's career at ohio state i hit a baseball off his eye and just blew up his orbital bone and not one coach said anything to me nothing and it's like that like i still think about that today like like you know it's brutal traumatized yeah and and i'm just like i think that you know that it feels and again this is kind of outside looking in it feels like there is a little bit more of a movement within the college world and and professional world that like they're finally taking mental health seriously and right like i i was talking to somebody recently that you know the goal would be to have a mental health professional on every professional team in house like you know there and, and i think you so are you talking about college you talking both, about either either or i mean so yeah the nfl now has i think they have a clinician for every for thir- for all 32 teams yep. which is a huge huge step now college when I was in college, I don't necessarily know if they had it because I just that's that wasn't something that I was looking for. Right. Cause I didn't even know I when I looking back at it now, man, I was dealing with the same stuff. And I used to play on an empty stomach because of it. Like I don't know how I was performing that well. I, I'm when I say to you, I was performing with nothing. Like and, you know, as you get older, you just can't do that. You, no. you you have to feed your soul. You have to be on point. You have to drink your water. You have to. And, dude, you had a too. hell of a senior season, dude. 14 and More. a half sacks. Is that right? 14 and a half? Uh, yeah, Something I had 14 like... and a half. I mean, I was leading the country for like a game. And then uh, Trent Murphy ended up beating me out because they, <laughs> <laughs> they they played the last game. He ended up with 15 sacks. Right. But, um, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't have known if if it was there, um, but I know that colleges are are doing a lot more to uh, to talk about that and and bring that to light because 
it's important now and people are looking at it now like okay even the people that didn't really believe in it that much yeah when you have more people talk about it they kind of like tend to look at themselves like oh you know what i was kind of dealing with that too like maybe maybe we should press this forward and i think that that's the growth that i see so i love it that's why i keep talking about it i no i that's what i said from at the beginning i think that's what's so inspiring to me about you is 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 your willingness and so open about talking about it and and going out there and i i do think like i'm i'm hopeful that you do go out to all these schools and like do nfl yeah i mean that's (laughs) no because i do i think that your voice is it's you know like it's all good to bring doctors in and all that stuff but it's like when it comes from somebody that sat in the seat it's so much different than like a sterile right. doctor telling you, yes, you need to take, and it's like, okay, whatever, dude. Like I, you know, I mean, it's just right. different. And, and yeah. I, I just, I see that, that like what you bring is that real. And, and, right. and, and I think student athletes and, and like rookies going into the NFL would respond to you. Like I'm always of the opinion. And you mentioned this earlier that we need to start this earlier. Like we need to like start talking about this with elementary students. It's like, it's okay to have like these talk it out. Like we, you know, like. Cause I dealt with anxiety when I was nine. That's what or I'm I saying. I should say when I was eight. Yeah. I think I had my first anxiety attack was at my grandmother's house when I was eight. And I, and nobody knew what it was, not even my family. Yep. Like they were just like, what is wrong with you? Right. Um, but I would, I agree. I agree. It's a certain way that you have to talk to them to make them understand. Like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want it to be like extra dark, Yeah. you know, but I think it's important to, to, to let them know, like, this is something like if they, cause as they grow up, it won't be like a taboo. It won't be something that is new under the sun. Right. So if they feel it, it's like, Hey dad, or Hey mom, I feel like I need to talk to someone or. Well, and again, man, like, that's what I think what people like you are doing, you know, and not that it has to just be athletes, but right. But bringing light to it because, you know, like little kids look up to people that they see, whether it's athletes, whether it's a fireman, whatever. And if, you know, if, if, those type of people are coming out and and talking about this it makes it, it i always like to use this phrase but it gives it gives kids permission to talk and that's right. a huge step because you know there is that fear of like what's wrong with me what's you know that's probably how you felt when you were 8 that's like what the hell is wrong with me and right and it, it it just like allowed, I thought I was dying. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, and 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 like to not to not it makes it more scary when you don't know what it is. And, right. And and that kind of being out in no man's land um, is it's just scary. To, I, I, yeah. I don't know, but I you know like again like I just I think what you're doing and, and you know we're lucky enough we get to work with some you know former athletes that not necessarily had had the same kind of situation as you, but some like some dealt with addiction issues and just like talking about these things openly. I just think it gives people that, you know, they can breathe and and go, okay, well, Marcus Smith is, is vulnerable enough to do this. I can do that. You know, because Marcus Smith is a big for, former football player, and you know, I mean that it's true. Like it sounds corny as shit to say that, but like at like yeah. that, but it's like, dude, you're like you're you're like you know you're like a hero type in in those ways. Oh man, I appreciate uh, <laughs> it. But you know what I'm saying? You know, I don't want to like. Yeah. But do you still watch uh, football? Like do you still? Man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm. <laughs> I'm a fan, yep. you know. Hell yeah! <laughs> I be watching Seattle tonight. You Hell, know, they, they better get. I see. That's the funny part is like that's my team. Yeah. Like, back in the day, Jim Zorn, Steve Largent, Kurt Warner. Like I grew, oh, man. grew up in the middle of Ohio. Is probably the only person in Ohio that liked man. the Seahawks. And uh, and um, so yeah, they got to get that win tonight. They gotta. Yeah, I, I watch it. 
I mean, it's something that I can't get away from. Yep. I train athletes too. So in my gym, me and my brother, my brother trains defensive linemen. I train linebackers and I'm always around the game in some form or fashion. So that's kind of how I give back to the game. Yep. And then, um, you know, I go to little league games. I might go to a high school game just to, you know, cause that's, Love it's a it. part. It's a part of me, regardless. Yep. You know what I mean. No, so. I think it's good that there's still that love there, because sometimes, like there is a there is a bitterness to the end that sometimes people can't definitely get into that space. And and I assume you're watching your Louisville Cardinal. Yeah, they they they're <laughs> they're tearing it up right now. Actually, they're, oh man, okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I'm I, you know. Teddy Bridgewater, I played with him. Yep. Lamar, I'm, I'm, I'm a Ravens and Broncos. Like any any team that my teammates play, like yep, um, those are two badasses, man. Teddy <sighs> Teddy doesn't get enough credit, man. I Not at I all. think that he is a straight up baller, just straight. I think up. so too. Um, I well, I seen it. Yeah, I mean, I was a quarterback. That so was I. That's what I was going to go and... back to. Is both I I was a quarterback uh, through high school. And man, I, I like I went to Louisville to play quarterback and I literally got moved right before Teddy comes. He comes in and starts throwing the ball. And I'm like, yep, I'm happy that I'm I'm happy that I'm playing defense because this guy's a stud. I don't know where y'all get this guy from, but I had zero chance. <laughs> I, 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 I have this this question. I talk to football guys because I. This is literally the reason I quit playing football is I hated getting hit, hated it. I didn't mind hitting people. So for you, like as a quarterback moving to defense, it was probably like, okay, I'm cool. This is fine. I, I know what I'm hitting instead of yep. getting punished all the time. Yeah, it was definitely some times where I got punished. I'll yep. tell you that. <laughs> um, I had to start, you know, I was a big quarterback, but yeah. I had, a, I had a, the coach was like, well, you need to probably start running out of bounds. I was like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Playing football in Georgia. Oh, dude, that's a different game down there. It is a different game. Florida, Georgia, Ohio, Texas, California, like top five states in sports. What are the, like, I assume you got recruited by multiple, like, how did you end up at Louisville? Um, So my grades wasn't the best in high school. I'm right there with you. Man. So, like, you know, they used to tell me, like, man, you got to get your, you know, freshman, sophomore year, you got to make sure you do well because, you know, if college scouts start to come and, you know, you want to have your best foot forward when they come. And so Florida, my first offer was with Florida. They offered me just off my highlight tape. They didn't see me in person, no nothing. And they offered me highlight and um, they came to the school. Uh, Er Meyer ended up calling me. And I'm like, this is my first offer. I'm going to Florida. They won a championship. <laughs> they they national champion. This is all I Tim Tebow and Percy Harvin, yeah. all these guys, this is all I watch on YouTube, you know? And what happened was Coach Strong was there. He was a linebacker's coach, though. Yep. So the tight end coach was wanting me to play tight end. So I never was really gonna play quarterback. The tight end coach came to see me and he's like, he didn't really tell me, but he, he wanted me to play tight end. But Coach Strong, he met us. He really never said anything in his mind. He's like, nah, he's a, he's a linebacker, you know? <laughs> right? right. And so Coach Strong, I end up getting that, 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 that offer pulled because of my grades. Right. So I was in the process of getting my grades. I thought I was going to go to junior college and Coach Strong ended up calling my dad. And uh, they pretty much, because they want, like, that's another thing. Like, they they wanted me. They really wanted me to come to Louisville. So they pretty much found private school classes for me to take to help my GPA. That's cool. And me and my dad know, knew nothing about it, right? And um, that's how I got to Louisville because he – at the end of they play Cincinnati in the Sugar Bowl, like they beat the brakes off of Cincinnati. And he told me that he was gonna be in Louisville, uh, the new head coach at Louisville the following year. He wanted me to come up. 
And that's how I ended up at Louisville. I went, went to the school. I seen the coaching staff, really loved them. He said I could play quarterback, obviously, in the back of his head. He was like, you're not a quarterback. <laughs> but that's why that's one of the reasons why, yeah, man, this guy's going to let me play quarterback. He's going to let me be me. And then we get a week in the camp, and he's like, you're a linebacker. Yeah, the first he asked me the question. He's like, um, "What do you think about playing line?" <laughs> and I said, "I whatever it takes for me not to be on the sideline." Because I was like the third string, fourth string quarterback. I had two seniors in front of me. It was just I came in in July. First game was in September. There was no way I was starting. Right? Like, you know what I mean? And he was like, "You know, we're gonna give you an opportunity to play." And the crazy part about it is. I literally started at linebacker the first game of the season wow. against University of Kentucky. Wow. You're probably just you're still learning what the hell you were supposed to be. I was – my head was spinning yeah. out there, you yeah. know, going up against 300-pounders. Yeah. You know, I got – I actually got demoted after that. Like, yeah, I had to sit on the bench, and it was like, look, I know you're athletic, but you got to learn. Yeah. So I got a whole year to learn, and then I got my opportunity in the bowl game at the end of the year, and I did really well. And then after that, then it was more trials and tribulations. Yeah. They put me on the D-line. So then I had to get in the trenches. That They had to teach me. I had to get tough, you know. Yeah. that that's, I had to get that the quarterback mentality out of me to play defense. And so by the time I was a junior and senior, I could kind of like go – I'll play both. I played – linebacker first and second down and then I was a defensive end on third down so it really helped me out a lot to um you know play both positions because they could they could move me around anywhere because I was able to learn both now that's awesome that's a great story man yeah um well, dude, I, you know, I, again, thank you. Like, I always like to ask this question because I put music to every, every episode, uh, and what kind of style of music you listen to? Cause I'll, I'll throw something on here. Um, <laughs> I mean, or I can just do whatever. It doesn't matter. It's, yeah. You can, you can okay. do, you can do whatever. I'm, cool. I'm not a, like, I listen to music, yeah. but I'm more as I'm getting older now, I'm, I'm trying to listen to music that makes me feel, you know, happy. And, yep. uh, cause you know, music absolutely really, it, like your mood, right? Yep. I could be listening to like something hardcore and then my mood is just yep. off. It's good so. for the gym, but not, yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And um, the other thing I was going to say to you, like, and this is like down the road, and I, I don't know if I mentioned this the other day, but you know, one of the things I think uh, that you would be awesome to like, f- for us to continue collaborating or whatever, mm-hmm. is we just, we bought 20 acres of land out in Montana that we're going to build an artist athlete residency. And Mm -hmm. I think you would be like awesome out there, like for workshops, like whether it's like combined talking about like the the process of writing and, and, and the workout routine and stuff like Mm -hmm. what, cause you're, you really truly fit into what we're doing um, with the, with the creative aspect and the athletic aspect, because you know, like that's what we're trying to promote is is kind of a whole health approach to all right. this stuff, and and how you know mental health affects our health, and and if you right. if you work out physically every day, if you work out mentally every day, if you eat right, like you're gonna be in man. a better place. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, I w- man, I would love love to do that. Um, you know, always if if you can keep me in the loop on oh, what you guys are doing 100 you know, i never been you said montana yep yep never been to montana it's so that would be beautiful out there it's just yeah that's what i heard i heard yeah. someone tell me that before it, it's just it just like you feel like you can see forever it's just one of those places for me it's like it, it's it's like making art it brings everything down it just like relieves right it's probably like you said when you were writing like you just you just kind of disappear into that space. So it's no, dude, you're, you're, you're definitely in the loop um, in that, the connection with JB because JB has been such a, a solid, awesome dude for us. And, and um, it, awesome know, like, guy. I just always, the way that I, I always say it's like, we're all stronger together. And like I said to you at the beginning of this, man, just, just meeting you the other day and Carl, like, you know, like both of you guys, 
it just I have like just Carl, that's my guy. Yeah, dude. No, but dude, it's just like I I just had immediate connection with with both of you that it just I look forward to doing doing stuff in the future and and um like I said, you know, collaborating once we do get this place built, which of course building right now is not even a, an option, but or yeah. we're trying, but but like you know, I definitely want to bring you out and um and I like I said, like I I would like to talk to you maybe more, um, maybe it's not this semester, maybe it's next semester, but like having mm-hmm. you talk to my art and athletics class because I mm-hmm. think you know again, you're a perfect person that you know, you played sports at the highest level. Now you're an author. You're going to be a continuing author and to talk about mental health, which is exactly what the class is all about. And right. so I think you're, you're, you know, would be a great, a great person for that. So, um, man, I appreciate that, but appreciate no, it. I just thank you. Thank you. It's awesome to meet you. Look forward to for, to doing more stuff in the future, man. I'm looking forward to cool. Looking forward to it too. And tell Carl, I said, Hey, tell your wife again thank you for all she's doing as a nurse because they're needed and um and i look forward to the next book and i'll you know i'll be promoting um you know the book on uh like the opening of this and and i'll put the the website to pick up the book on here and if you have the what's the gym name by the way because i can do you have a site for that because i can yeah so um it's called a&m sports and fitness a&m and we have Yeah, so A with the and sign, M, sports, and fitness, A-N-D. And then the website is, well, not website, it's a landing page, um, a3msports.com. msports.com. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll put that at least in the the written part of it, so. Okay. All right, brother, have a great day. Um, I'd say go Louisville, but I don't know if that affects me, so I'm just going Buckeyes. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's a great school, too, that wins all the time. Except for this year's. They might have turned the corner. I I think they might have turned the corner. That Oregon game about destroyed all of us. We're actually called – so just so you know this, we're called the abstract athlete because of the – I was personally literally born at Ohio State, grew up there, played baseball there. So, yeah. Wow. Used to trick-or-treat from Woody Hayes. Met Archie, oh, met Archie Griffin, like Columbus, Ohio is how big is it? It's big. It's, it's, I think it's in the top 15 cities in the United States. It might be in the top 10 now. It's, it's sneaky wow. big. Cause people don't realize how big it is predominantly though, until like maybe the last 15 years, it's a suburb. Like, you know, people live on the outskirts, but people are starting to move into the city right. now. So kind of like most, most cities. So, but cool well dude thank you thank you man and um this will be out on uh on monday and i'll send you like some promo images and some videos that i clip out and you know feel free to share it and uh i'll definitely definitely uh, i'll definitely share that put it on my platforms too cool awesome man and look forward to catching up more and and again thank you no problem no problem cool man have a good day all right you too I cannot say enough about how amazing Marcus is. Uh, his honesty, his vulnerability, his willingness to share his story. We really truly need more people like Marcus. Just absolutely love the conversation. Again, make sure to follow Marcus on Instagram at money, M-A-R-C-9-1. Check out his gym at a3msports.com. And again, go check out his new children's book titled Bath Time with Rye. Remember to check out the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and our other social media outlets for future events, pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other information, including daily creative training journals and subscription boxes. Thank you. We will see you next week. And as always, do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there.